was that? Well, good morning. Uh, we're glad that you're here, and happy Mother's Day from me. I uh, am excited to be the one that gets to introduce our guest speaker today, who probably doesn't need an introduction, but I'm going to do it anyways. Uh, we have uh, Alicia Besser. She is going to be our guest speaker, and she is currently our district superintendent uh, of this district, our southeast district. And before that, she was a pastor at Tyler and Pollard, and, uh, and before that, over in Fulcher, and served a number of churches, and I have known her a long time. And um, I was thinking about it this morning, and the way that I first met her was through mutual friends uh, over in Clear Lake United Methodist Church. There are two amazing ladies named um, Betty Flanders and Phyllis Pubins, and they just had such great things to tell about their great new associate, a young lady named Alicia Coulter, but who is now Alicia Besser, and we're glad that you're here. So would you please give her a warm welcome? Good morning. Hey, it works. Fantastic. I love when the mic works. Oh, and look, Jonathan, you got it just the right height. I needed a music stand. Rick and I have been friends for a long time. We were ordained together, so way back when we were young, right? We're still young. We want to believe that. Um, and I'm thrilled to be here. This is uh, home for me. It's good to be in worship with you. Uh, Chase and band, you sound amazing. Thank you so much for leading us in uh, worship and music. Um, I send greetings from Robert Besser. Uh, he is out in the district doing some work this morning, but he sends his love and he is thrilled that I'm here with you this morning. Um, Barrett, if you have not heard our news about Barrett, Barrett's moved up to Kilgore and he's a police officer there. People ask about Robert, the next question is usually Barrett, so I thought I'd let you know. He's doing just fine, he loves it up there, and uh, we're grateful to God that he's got this great opportunity to serve the Kilgore community as a police officer. Uh, but today is Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Yeah, we can clap for them. That's right, all the women, our biological moms, our adopted moms, the aunts that are like moms to us, our grandmas, those friends who have mentored us in the faith that are like mothers to us, it takes a village to raise us, doesn't it? And we need all kinds of moms in our lives, and we celebrate all of you today. We are grateful to God that you are in our lives, that you love us and encourage us, and at times when we need to move forward a little, you kick us in the tail, moving in the right direction, that's right, you challenge us, and we need that from time to time, and we're so grateful that you are a part of our lives. But today, what I know as a pastor is today is a messy day when it comes to Mother's Day, because there are some people that are brave enough to come to church that are hurting, and there's some folks that probably couldn't get out of bed today that are hurting because Mother's Day is painful as well. Because some of us miss our mothers. They're not with us this year. Some of us have broken relationships with our mothers. Some of us dreamed of having children but never had those dreams fulfilled. Some of us are mothers and we miss our children, but they've gone on before us to glory. Some of us are mourning relationships as mothers. So today it's kind of messy. So in the middle we're, <coughs> pardon me, we are celebrating awesome moms, and we love you. We think you're fantastic, but we're also holding close those today that find this day difficult. 
So know that you are in our thoughts and prayers, all of you today. Today, as we look at this passage of Scripture, Luke challenges us to remember people that are often forgotten. And he shows us through this incredible person called Tabitha. We're going to look at Tabitha's story today. Uh, It is found in the ninth chapter of Acts. Luke wrote the book of Acts, and so you'll hear me referring to Luke. So let's look at it together. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. In Greek, her name is Dorcas. She was always doing good and helping the poor. About that time, she became sick and died, and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Lydia was near Joppa, so when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydia, they sent two men to him and urged him, Please come at once. And Peter went to them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to a room. All the widows stood around him crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. Peter sent them all out of the room. Then he got down on his knees and prayed. Turning toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes. And seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her to to her feet. Then he called for the believers, especially the widows. And presented to her, presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. Peter stayed in Joppa for some time with a tanner named Simon. Will you pray with me? God, you've met us in this place. You are already here. Uh, we feel your presence in prayers and Uh, through music. So God, come now and speak to our hearts through your word. Challenge us, inspire us. May we leave this place different to follow you faithfully. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you read the book, Are You My Mother? You know that Dr. Zeus classic? There's a little bird who breaks out of his shell while his mother is away foraging for food, and he's quite confused. Where is his mother? He wants to know this. So he goes on a little adventure. He doesn't know what his mother looks like, so he passes her on the street, not even realizing it. He goes up to a dog and a hen and a cow and even a cat. That cat looks like he wants to have the little bird for lunch. And asks, are you my mother? No, they reply. Well, the little bird is so concerned and frustrated and wants to be with his mom that he goes along and he sees a car. And even though he knows, well, the car can't be his mother, he still uh, tries it. Eventually, he finds his way to this big shovel, what I would call a front-end loader. And he climbs in thinking, this must be my mother, until there's a loud snort and a roar. And he says, you are not my mother. I want my mother. That engine starts to move and that front end loader ends up dumping the little bird back in his nest where his mother quickly comes and he shares his whole adventure with her. This is a story of identity. The bird is trying to understand um, who's his mother and who is he in relationship to the world. Sounds like a child story, doesn't it? But really, we have those same questions, and the same question is running throughout the New Testament. 
Are you a disciple? We're trying to discover what does a disciple look like? What is the true identity of a disciple? And we get many different pictures throughout Scripture, but today we get a new picture. Luke gives us a picture of a woman named Tabitha. The first thing he tells us is that she is a disciple. Take notice of that. Because it is the only time in the Bible in which disciple is used in the female form. This is a female disciple. It is proof that Jesus had female disciples. And she's a follower. But not only is she a follower, she is a leader in her community. The passage goes on to tell us that she is a woman known as Tabitha in Aramaic which is the language of the Hebrews, and Dorcas in Greek. Hmm, two names mentioned there, same woman. But she lives, it shouldn't be surprising to us because she lives in a place called Joppa. Anybody remember the town of Joppa? I thought so. Yeah, Jonah and the whale. I know you know the story of Jonah and the whale. Jonah leaves from the city of Joppa. It's a great port city. And he would rather get swallowed up by a whale than follow God's command. But that's who first makes Joppa famous. And Tabitha lives in Joppa. It's an international seaport connecting Syria and Egypt. So there were people from all over the world, Greeks and Jews alike, That's why you see Tabitha and Dorcas. And she's there. Luke goes on to tell us that she was a woman always doing good and helping the poor. Always doing good and helping the poor. I believe Luke is paying a compliment to someone. That's rather strange for Luke. He only pays four compliments between the Gospel of Luke and Acts. Four times does he lift up people and compliment them. The first one is Zechariah and Elizabeth, for they were upright in the sight of the Lord, Luke 1, 6. Joseph of Arimathea was described as good and upright. Barnabas in Acts chapter 11 is a man, a good man, full of the Holy Spirit. And then there's Tabitha. Tabitha, she was always doing good and helping the poor. This incredible disciple that Luke wants us to notice is always doing good and helping the poor. And what was she doing? We find out that she was sewing for the widows. Now, in our culture, I hope and believe that widows and widowers are thought of in high esteem that any man or woman who has lost their spouse, well, we take extra care for them. We look after them. We want to make sure that they have all that they need. But in this society, when you read the Bible in near ancient Israel, you'll notice that word widow means much more. It's not only a woman whose husband has died. It refers to a woman whose husband has died and she has no male heir. She has no brother or son or nephew to look after her. In this culture, women couldn't hold a job. They couldn't own property. They were not seen as citizens. Can you imagine being powerless? The widows were powerless, and they were vulnerable because the only time that anyone noticed them was to exploit them. So in a big city like Joppa, they often went 
unnoticed. They were invisible to the rest of society. To everyone but Tabitha. Tabitha, the woman who sews clothes. Tabitha is the woman who notices the unnoticed. Not only does she notice them, she brings them into her community of faith. For when she dies, these are the people mourning her death. They're the people calling for Peter and the other disciples to come and to, to, to raise her from the dead. Tabitha noticed the unnoticeable, and she welcomed them into her community of faith. I just wonder, here in the Sour Lake, Beaumont area, who, who's unnoticed? Who are the people that suffer in silence? Maybe they're behind closed doors. Maybe we just don't cross paths with them, so we don't, we don't know or recognize that there is hurt and pain, that they are as vulnerable as the widows in near ancient Israel. And then there are those times where we as good Christians, we see a need and we go out there and we serve in our community, but do we dare invite them into ours? We go out to them, but do we bring them in to our homes, to our small groups, to our worship settings? Or do we just leave them out there? Because we're afraid that life gets too messy. Tabitha, the woman who sees those that most people don't see, welcomes them into her community. She gets into their messy lives because she's obedient to God. Instead of being a place, Joppa being a place where people run from God, now Joppa is a place where people obey God. You see, Tabitha knew the scriptures. Zechariah 1.10 says, Do not oppress the widows or the fatherless, the foreign or the poor. Do not plot evil against each other. Deuteronomy 24 reads, Do not deprive the foreigner or the fatherless of justice or take the cloak of a widow as a pledge. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you from there. And that is why I command you to do this. Or perhaps she heard Jesus' teachings, how he said uh, that God will gather all the people to him that remembered when he was hungry, you gave him food. When he was thirsty, you gave him drink. When he was a prisoner, we went to visit him. And the person asked, when? When did I do that? And Jesus said, when you did this for the least of these, you did this for me. The widows are the least. And Tabitha notices the very least. She brings them into her community. And then she takes care of a, ba a basic need. It doesn't say that she started a 501c3, wrote 12 grants, built a building, and made a home for widows. That's a great idea. That's wonderful if you have that ability. But she, offer, she offered something more simple. She saw a basic human need, the need for clothing. And she could sew. So she made dresses for these women. Dresses that they were proud to own, that they showed off to Peter when he arrived. So simple, so basic. What are the ways that God is challenging us to use simple gifts ordinary gifts, 
to reach our community that's been forgotten. The people that most people don't even notice. Or to use ordinary gifts to serve folks that most people would say are less than ordinary. But in God's eyes, they are extraordinary. What are those gifts that we might offer? Tabitha challenges us to think deeply about our own picture of discipleship and how we might enter into someone's story and bring them a simple kindness. Last week, I officiated a funeral. As a district superintendent, I don't officiate many funerals at all uh, anymore, and so it was a real honor. Evelyn Duncan is a member of this district. She is a member of St. Paul's United Methodist Church. She serves in the district UMW. She's a district delegate, and uh, she served in the Texas Annual Conference, but also served as a page at General Conference. Her son is a United Methodist minister, and I just have to tell you, she's a delight. And she passed away about 10 days ago. And I was asked to um, offer the message at her funeral. So I got the joy of sitting with her family and hearing her stories. And this is part of her story. She was the director of special ed for Bridge City for 25 years. She helped children and parents maximize their gifts. She helped teachers maximize their gifts to help children that were in need. So when she retired, she had a lot of time on her hands. She volunteered for CASA. CASA is an organization that uh, gets volunteers to serve as advocates for children in foster care. Are there any more forgotten children than children in foster care? It breaks my heart. I want us to remember those children. But Evelyn had to take it one step farther. She didn't just want to be an advocate for foster children. It was the foster children with special needs. That's where God led her. And so there were two or three kids that she would visit once a month. She'd go into their homes and play with them and check out their house and make sure they were safe and had they all they needed and help their parents serve as an advocate for those parents as well. And then she would go to court with them and speak on their behalf. Simple gifts. Ordinary woman led by God to people that most of us don't notice. But God notices and led Evelyn in that direction to use the gift that she had. Knowledge and time. Knowledge and time. That's Tabitha's story. She uses simple gifts for the glory of God. And as we keep reading this passage, what we have to understand is that it's true not only in her life, her death, and her resurrection. You see, this, this gift of serving people brought a community around her in her death. Peter came and he knelt down and prayed and the Lord raised her from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the passage said that the people of Joppa believed. You know why that's important? Because it's a port city and that the message of the gospel went around the world. Why? Because one woman, one woman noticed that there was a need and a group of people that most people overlooked. 
and she offered a simple gift. And in her life, her death and resurrection, she pointed people back to the Lord. That is our opportunity, my friends. We live in a world in which people are wondering what it means to be a Christian. What does it look like to be a disciple? And they have dismissed the church because we've given them such poor illustrations. But Tabitha today shows us a simple picture of something we can do. We can follow our faith. We can follow the leading of the Holy Spirit to people that the world has forgotten. And we can use humble gifts, simple gifts, to raise them up and to provide for them. Not that we would get the glory, but that God would get the glory. Thanks.